Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Roy O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Uh, hello, Banjo. I, I think it's time... What a week. I think it's time that you follow in the path of uh, what Carlton. What a week. I think you need to give me the sack. I'm done with footy. I'm just <laughs> over it. Just bury my head in the sand. I honestly don't even care anymore. The, the lack of emotion that I had... Yeah, it's really annoying me. It's... it's uh, after a what was really objectively quite a heartbreaking Melbourne performance, yep. normally I'd be honestly tearing my hair, mm. and I was a bit like, oh yeah, like we played all right, showed some good signs, just don't really care anymore. It's just a dead season. I think that's the thing that's getting to me. Like even when we were terrible, I was still like, but we got these trying kids, to see how you trying build. to see a path forward. Now I'm like, I expect us to be good next year, so it's just like. What is even the point in watching football anymore? My fantasy team's gone off the rails. I'm just... North bloody won a couple of games. A couple of good wins too. Let's just say, thank God that I'm actually a Freo supporter. That's the only (laughs) thing which is keeping me going at the moment. Sonny Walters, the man himself, he's the only thing which gives me a smile on the weekend. So, yeah, yeah, things pretty miserable. Your lack of actual... Like emotional angst and anguish yeah. is the worst part of my weekend. Everything else went perfectly. North, best <laughs> performance of the year by a country mile. We were awesome. And then you lose in what was heartbreaking circumstances. But now you don't bloody care. What is this? You, you are depriving me of my joy. You do realise, though, that it's like there's so much angst that it's got to the point I don't even bother putting any energy into it anymore. So you should still kind of be happy No, 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 no. Apathy is not an excuse. You do not get to be like, I've been so beaten down that I can't summon the energy to care anymore. No, that's not what I want from (laughs) you. I couldn't laugh at you when you sacked your coach either. You didn't care about that. So it's just... Yeah, that was pretty... That's my sweet revenge. Both our clubs are pretty crap at the moment. Hey, hey, hey. Mark Robinson says we're about to play finals now. What, this year? Or? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he didn't. He, no, he didn't. He said uh, Dark Horse Finals contender. Wait, how many more games have you won now for? <laughs> Get stuff. When did he say that? It was a, well, when we were talking about our Kane Corns Call of the Week. You didn't raise that. Yeah, I did. You just weren't listening, so uh, I assumed you didn't care. Yeah, I was probably too busy thinking of my own banjo. But look, no, you're too busy complaining that you couldn't think I of just, your own. I just want to move on so we can get through this podcast as quickly as possible. Don't have to talk about football anymore. So... The one bright spot in every podcast, of course, is Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. It's such an outstanding segment. Don't you wish your game qualified? Yes, I do. I do. But uh, just as I informed you last week and uh, just got you in on the knowledge a little bit, the title of the segment, it comes from the line <laughs> in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives Still a shit. haven't checked that movie yet. Uh, you should give it a watch, man. It's really worth watching. We give three, two, and one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, it was a, a tightly contested one, but... I think there yeah, was footy's a, gotten a bit dropped off a little bit. There was a fair bit of boring footy, but they were all kind of equally as boring as each other. So it was really tight. We need another tiebreaker from you. So this one vote always was, happy to help. Was kind of selected by you. Uh, GWS defeated Gold Coast by <laughs> eighty three points. You wanted to uh, knock it out of there on the basis of the great rivalry between the expansion teams. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you you weren't giving it any occasion points, and I thought that was ridiculous. Where else are you going to see two of the most uh, Hollow clubs <laughs> go a- at it. Occasion points are there as a little bit of a bonus. That's yeah. like most of the time. If it's anything, a zero. this should have got negative I occation think, points. I think I did Friday night one, just as like, oh yeah, a little bit of difference. Then it's like it'll be the showdown. You'll give that like a five. Like yeah. it's just, you just give it a little boost if it actually is important. I think looking at this game from a Gold Coast perspective, like I don't think there's really anything to look into. Like we've been saying, we said last week, we're amazed that they haven't had that terrible. The wheels kind of look like they're. 
approaching. Like they're the, the last few games, they've sort of tired late. And they did again this year. They were about five goals back for the majority of the game and then got blown out at the end. And it, They're a young side and it's a long season. And they might be wanting to get to the bye to try and refresh. There might be a bit of pre-buy... Uh, Pre-buy struggles. Perhaps, but I think there is a little bit of They do have a juggernaut up next week. I think there is a little bit of captain hindsight looking at that. Oh, yeah, last week we were sitting here <laughs> saying, like, Gold Coast have been competitive every week. They're going to have a bad one. You have a bad one, just they just put it to the side, and we'll see if it does become a consistent thing. But for now, not much to say from a Gold Coast point of view. No. GWS, a lot of talk is coming out of this game. You know, beat an average team, but... They're smashing everybody. It was in pretty average. powerful mm. circumstances, and you get some individual performances out of it, which gave it a few gold jacket, green jacket points. It was good to see Cornelio back moving well, because he'd sort of been nig- affected by a few niggles. Have you so. accepted yet that he's better than Kelly? They both had very good games, yeah, no, but Cornelio's was on a whole new level. So, was it 36 so touches, three goals? It was like the highest yeah, fantasy yeah, yeah. score we've just about ever seen, isn't it? No, it wasn't. I think Up Lindsay there. Thomas even beat it once. Um <laughs> Yeah, 21 touches, 7 goals. It was a great game against Carlton. Never it's, forget. It's a pretty good game. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> you get 190-odd Cornelio. Yeah, so did Lindsay Thomas. Best at GWS. But also, just not like Josh Kelly was bad. He had one goal and 36 touches. So, and he was best on ground the week before where Cornelio was not even seen last week. So some of his value consistency. That's all I'm saying. Cornelio's been a little bit, he's been excellent. a little bit hampered. He's kind of stayed in the team and been tough enough to hang in there, unlike Kelly. And now he's showing <laughs> how good he is. More goals from Jeremy Cameron leading sorry, the Sorry, Rolls Royce just needs a bit of time in the shop. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> but yeah, another tick for Jeremy Cameron. Their forward line is having really year, well. Um, Himmelberg's popped up occasionally and kicked bags, as is Finlayson. Just. Things just seem to be working. We'll get to Finlayson later, but I really like him. We will. But, uh, yeah, very very positive game for GWS. Kind of a bit of a wait and see on them. Moving on, two votes we're giving Geelong defeated Sydney by 22 points. Not an uncompetitive game. Not a terrible game. Not really game. impressive by Geelong. They broke their hoodoo. They always lose to Sydney and Geelong. Do they? Is that a thing? Do you not remember? They've, no. Like, last four years, the four of their last five losses at Cadinia Park... I've been to Sydney. That's I'm the only sure I heard about this in the past, but it's completely slipped my yeah, As my you've mind. just disengaged from football, oh. you've forgotten some of the most basic stats. Oh, so what's this doing in gold jacket, green jacket then? It's the end of a great long-running hoodoo, is you, it? You didn't consult me on this, oh. Scott. Yeah, yeah, no, fair. I, I, you didn't ask the question. Apologies. This is one of the most significant performances ever. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of sarcasm there. A lot of sarcasm. <laughs> uh, Geelong are good. They just sort of turned it on when they had to. Sydney had a really strong first half of the first yeah, quarter, and then did. Geelong just flicked the switch and sort of got game back on their terms. And after that, it was pretty much all the way through, just a steady lead. One where Sydney were never out of it, but they were never really in it either. Uh, it was just sort of a game that went, if yeah. you know what I mean. Sydney never sort of gave it away or looked out yeah. of the contest, but it was always just... Geelong are going to win this. They're going to win it fairly comfortably, and that's just how it played out. So there's really not a lot to talk about coming from that game. Uh, do you think to, to TK, you reckon another three, maybe two votes? Uh, apparently a one, according to the AFL.com Brownlow predictor. Who but he's a suppo- pa- da- Dangerfield for three. Yep. Who got I two? don't remember. But most importantly, he's leading on uh, 18 votes, according to the AFL.com.au yep. Brownlow predictor. And the coaches' votes uh, as well. Yeah, and uh, we might have a little bit of money on it. He's, there's a bit of an investment like, by the He's podcast. dropped from. 11 down to $5 odds in, a, in the better course of a week. So we got on it just as the train was Probably getting Probably too late, we, let's be honest. 
A little bit, but we were still early enough. If you jumped yeah. on it now, you'd feel a bit silly. He's second favourite now, and he's behind Cripps. And I, if I Cripps was picking the Brownlow like now, off. I would definitely be picking Kelly out of Cripps. So yeah. Exciting stuff for the players on that front. Moving on. Speaking, speaking of, of Cripps. Exciting, oh, <laughs> Cripps, all right, fair enough. Moving look, look, on. We're to trying to work on our segues. But there's a bit of a cross-contamination there. We'll, we'll get better. Listeners, this is a, an interesting one, potentially a bit controversial. Is this the worst we'll game see in the how... last six what, years. Like, do you remember a worse game than this? Well, can I unveil it first? Yeah, sorry, so I jumped the gun. I'm so about. excited Stop for it. Chipping in my segments, mate. Essendon defeated Carlton by 41 <laughs> points. So, to those teams, we say. Gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? They sacked a coach, and it didn't even matter. <laughs> so look, this I is it. gold jacket, green jacket history. If look. Ordinarily, I'd say sacking of a coach, you'd give a game like a 10 out of 10 in media interest. I only gave it an 8, so like it gave a bit more interest, but I didn't feel like the game itself was really the thing that sacked Bolton. It didn't yeah, feel fair. like a thing of, oh my God, Carlton lost to Eston by 41 points. Now Bolton's got to go. It's not like the bloody 186 yeah. or something like that. I, it was one of those things, it was going to happen, and then they were just like, ah, let's just do it this yeah, way. Yeah, I kind of also feel like, because it was such a fait accompli, didn't get... The Eve the talk, even Brad Scott's got yeah, last yeah. week, where it sort of came out and there was a big controversy about how it happened, was it the right thing, and all that stuff. Whereas Bolton was just like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, who yeah, cares? It's pretty much like, just, yeah, yeah, okay, oh, time to move on. Look how much Carlton for a while. The, the only thing which I talk about from the coaching point of view with this is. I think that Bolton was. There's no way Bolton was going to be coaching next year. No, it is still an interesting thing. Of is it worth having a coach sitting out the year? Is it more positive to have a caretaker coach, or is that just a? I can I can unequivocally say yes. You want a caretaker coach? No, but the <laughs> fact that it's, let's say that you do get a boost for a month and you play some reasonable footy and you have a better end of the year, does that make any any difference in the long term? Or is yeah, it but for just them, keep it stable for now, and then whilst there's a period without football being on and instability is not so much of an issue, then you do. The I'd I'd argue for them, they want as much of a bounce as they can ever get. Because they've been down for so long, they don't have a draft pick to worry about. Like, there's no downside for them yeah. overperforming for a few weeks. Like, that. there's just positivity for them. Whereas for other clubs, yeah, maybe finishing, keeping a stable environment and finishing second last instead of getting a fluky bounce and finishing fourth last might matter. But for Carlton, it doesn't. If they can get up, if they don't win the wooden spoon, it's worth it, really. Yeah, perhaps. Like, I mean, if anything like that happens. I don't, in the long term, I don't know whether that's going to do much. It might generate a bit more fan excitement. No, but I don't think it's going to do anything. Do you think it's got view. a negative out- outcome to it? No, I guess not. It's just the concept of instability. And I, I don't know what it'd be like for a player being within a club being like, geez, we've got a coach now. He's probably going to only be here for sort of 10 depends weeks. who they bring in, I guess. Like, everything you've heard about Reshore is that everybody likes the guy. No idea about David Teague. We'll find out as over the course of the next few weeks. But if he's a good influence and a steadying influence and it, doesn't it, so it much have... It always happened, but quite often in the past, the caretaker coaches ended up moving on afterwards, which that would be a negative if that did happen. Yeah, if you lose a second coach. So, Although, so if everyone likes Reshore, if he took over and it was a bit uncomfortable him you know, stepping yeah. down a little bit and then leave, leaving as a result. And that is a negative thing for North Melbourne. Yeah. So, Although, I don't know. North Melbourne's history, we're sort of jumping the gun a bit, but North Melbourne's history has been, we had Darren Crocker, caretaker coach, stay at the club. Yeah. Though. So, it, like, 
It has it, It's like a co- courses for horses for courses kind of uh, thing. I with think. Crocker, though, it was very clearly a thing of this is a guy who's been around the club for ages. Yeah, he's he was a club legend. Be, he's kind of like, like a father figure who'll just take over for yeah. the period and then just go back. And everyone was happy for that to happen. Where yeah. often, if it's like a Risha or someone who probably eventually does want to be a head yeah. coach, oh, like, not probably bit, said it. Yeah. Perhaps that's a little bit more uncomfortable, but I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. None of that's got anything to do with this game, though, so let's move on. And uh, just <laughs> lastly, still think Warsfold should be sacked? Are you still on my bandwagon? No, no. I'm not agitating. Yet. Not yet. Like, it's got to keep the jungle. You're just beating. agitating for everyone to be sacked. I Is want there a at coach? least five coaches sacked this year. <laughs> you're a horrible man. Scott, you're worse than the media itself. Scott, Bolton, Richardson, Warsfold, Beveridge. That's my holy fist. You just didn't didn't. care. But now that he's done, (laughs) that's my goal. I wanted four originally. Now on five. Yeah, but look, probably just one word on the game itself. Uh, Wasn't very good. From from what I've heard. No, I got an apology from. I got an apology from a Carlton supporting (laughs) mate. Uh, Halfway through the first quarter, just apologising for the standard of play. I don't think I've ever had anybody do that to me before. Yeah, that, that's, that's it's just really like I'm strange. sorry if you're watching this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I'd react to a message from that. I'd be like, "That's okay." I was just. Okay, I, was just I was just blessed that I wasn't watching the game. <laughs> yeah. No, you made a good call on that front. But anyway, let's move on to the second best segment or your favorite segment. Yeah, it is my favorite segment. Uh, every week we uh, have a look at a meat call. Made in the media, named after Kane Corns himself because this man knows drama, knows how to get the people talking. And then we make a big call of our own. Another, just, uh, another late entrant. Another late entrant. Uh, we got the story 57, 47 seconds after it was tweeted. Uh, so, you know, we're just right. We are news hounds. We are just switched on. But It yeah. was from Kane, wasn't it? It is from Kane. Yeah, do you have like an alert straight to your phone whenever Kane says No, anything? I just happen to be no, on the SEN website okay. desperately looking for we something. We should do that, though. We should get some sort of I think we can have a news alert for yeah. Kane Corns. That is... But as a, segment would be as a quick aside, this segment was in trouble this week. There's been too much actual stuff happening in the football for people to say stupid yeah, shit. Yeah. It was tough. It was I didn't have... The was. next best thing I had was, yeah, North might make finals, which is very tepid and un... Uh, doesn't really fit the nature of the segment. This is just a bit too mild at a, a go. And yeah, then it, it makes it. it makes Jaden Stevenson calls for him to be dropped, yeah, which is a bit like, like eh. yeah, I disagree with it, but it's not that. Big. But that does this does show what the media do when they've got nothing to talk about. They talk stuff up just to get some interest going along. And when there's stuff actually to talk about, everyone's quite boring. But luckily, luckily the great man himself stepped up. Yes, he did. He brought he brought went out all guns blazing. He looked at the t- he looked at the landscape and he said, "You know what? Nobody said anything stupid for a little while. This is my time to shine. I am the man. Let's let's just reaffirm my authority." I think he's back in the lead for most of these um most calls no. most of these calls this You'd year. So. He was challenged by really Dermot but, and Robbo and Robbo, <laughs> and he, but he's come out strong. And so he's just gone. Just flamethrower. Carlton got it wrong with pick ones. His his topic. He goes in hindsight, they would pick Rosie every day of the week. He doesn't have the match-winning attributes to win games off his own boot. That's about Sam Walsh. And then he follows up with, you cannot liken Walsh to Selwood. He wouldn't carry Joel Selwood's bags in their first year. (laughs) Joel Selwood was an instant presence. What's wrong with this call? It's bold. It's pretty it's spot bold. on, isn't it? it is <laughs> Everyone would take on. Rosie ahead of Walsh. There's no, no question about it. We've discussed this in the you past. You know who averages more goals a game than Rosie? Big boy Cam Zerha. Uh, does he now? He does. does, he now? He does. I would take Rosie ahead of Zerha <laughs> as well. But look, 
It is the the wording of the way he said it's it is so a little bold. bit over the top. I see where he's going with it. I get the argument. The argument is that Rosie is a genuine match winner. Where Walsh is a bit more mm. of that death by a thousand cuts guy. He's just sort of picking up some stats, getting a, like he's not he's not dominating games, but he's no, but consistently quite. Walsh good. could be one of those very easily be one of those midfielders that just mixes that inside outside work, but just blends it perfectly and just sort of does everything in the midfield and just adds to your ability to build a dominant midfield, which is what you need in today's game. There are guys like uh, Dane Beams and, I don't know, True Law and a lot of the Collingwood midfielders that just do enough on the inside but then spread really well. And I could easily see him being like that. He's averaging nearly four clearances a game, so it's not like he doesn't do any inside work. I think it's a bit ridiculous. It's funny. One of my thoughts with Walsh was a thing of, I can't see this becoming too controversial at any point, him as a selection. Because even if he's not that great, he's a stat getter. He'll always get the stats. People will always yeah. be able to look at it and be like, oh, Sam Walsh is averaging X amount of disposals. He's good. He's a good yeah. pick one. No question about that. It's funny that even at this early mm. stage, Kane has gone this hard. And Might be a little bit of bias involved, though. Let's just be honest. Maybe a yeah, touch. Look, there, there always is with Kane. Well, not always, but quite often <laughs> there is. He is. doesn't mind a bit of bias. He, he enjoys He's he enjoys a man that. who holds a grudge well. He definitely enjoys it. But anyway, can I do my one, Ben? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, well, look, after the last couple of weeks, something which I've always known has been confirmed in the minds of all football people, that Michael Walters is the best small forward of the modern era. Of the modern era? How far back does that go? Oh, well, I'm speaking kind of our We go our, back our all lifetime. the way to the crackers? We going back to the crackers? No, we'll talk about our, our lifetime. We normally put that sort of bracket around, the people yeah. that we've seen. So it's normally kind of around... So 2000 around on? Around that's normally a little so bit. You're after excluding the Wiz. You're excluding the guy. You... No, he's better than the Wiz, mate. Better than the Wiz. He's better than Has the Wiz. He kicked 99 goals in a season before, has he? No. How many has... goals has he kicked in a season? What's Nobody his kicks that many goals these days. Yeah, mate. but Eddie Betts, who plays now, kicks more goals. He's better than Eddie Betts. Is he better than Cyril? He impacts the game more than Eddie Betts. His pressure in the forward line, his creativity in the forward line, his ability to pinch hit in the middle puts him on another level. So and the fact that he clutch... doesn't play. Clutch, mate. You you watch basketball. You know that the only thing that matters is what happens when the game's on the line or it's a final or whatever. You know that's all that matters. And, mate, he's, he's an absolute... God, I love that man. Yeah, no, you're right. He's the he's, only he's great. thing which has filled he's up my heart. He's just probably not the best small forward of the modern era. I, don't, like, I honestly think he's in the equation. I honestly think that he's He'd be so around that number five mark. And also, one of your reasons for him being the best small forward of the modern era was that he plays midfield. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, but he's a starting No, it doesn't forward. work. <laughs> I think he's better than Eddie Betts. I really do. And I think he's in the Over equation. their career. I think him versus Sirioli is really toss of a coin. Oh, this is one of your worst opinions. Uh, he is an absolute star. Now you let's need to get, watch the Dockers. Now more. let's get to one of my worst Victorian opinions. Victorian bias. <laughs> I've gone with Jeremy Finlayson will be considered an elite key forward by the end of the year. Oh, gee, that's boring. I've just gone with greatest small forward of all time. You go with will be considered an you elite key forward. You went for the one. One, you went of the modern era. So don't, don't, don't expand well, your thing yeah, other Okay, my bad. My bad. <laughs> don't, 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 I don't. should have gone with that. Yeah, well, if you want, I can tell you how you're wrong this there This isn't too. a big... We considered an elite key forward. What does that even mean? Oh, fine, he will be an... I don't know. I think he's an elite key forward now, really. All right, we should have gone he's with that. He's heaps better than Mason Cox, who not many weeks ago <laughs> You said he wasn't. Mason Cox can't even get a game anymore. Oh, he's been injured, mate. Barely. He's a break. You can't compare him to Cox at the moment. He hasn't been playing. 
Finn Layson is just, <laughs> just he's fantastic in the air. He's a lovely kick. He moves well around the ground. He perfectly complements Cameron. They don't really lose anything, no matter who's deep and who's high, with the way those two work. And you know what? I've seen twice he doesn't want to have the shot on his uh, left foot and kick the banana, so he just gives it off to Harry Himmelberg after he's taken a mark deep. And so half of Harry Himmelberg's goals are from Jeremy Finlayson. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's in a very well functioning. That's true at the moment. They're but I think he's really good. good there. But no, he is really good. I, I don't deny that. How much money would you be giving him a season? What really annoys insane. me is that North could have had him for free last year. Yeah. He'd okay. like agreed to come and we said, no, we want Pittard instead. Which... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's just made my week. <laughs> that's great. No, what, how much uh, money do you think he would be commanding by the end of the year? If they nearly they tried to get him to leave because he's on too much because they were trying to click car- car- salary cap I'm space. That. <laughs> I think at the end of the year he'll be a 500 type player. Oh, that's not an elite amount of money. Yeah, but just because he doesn't get the amount of money. 800 or something. God, you're boring. Do you think they have the money to pay him $800,000 a year? No, if he was on the free agent. If he was a free agent. What would he be able to ask for? What did Josh Shackey get from the dogs? I don't know. It was just that and 100 grand more. I have absolutely no idea. I think Shackey got like 800. So 900. Nearly a million dollars. Nearly a million dollars. Come on, Anyway, let's move yeah. on. Let's move on to the game of the round. No no questions about it. Nothing else mattered. North defeated Richmond by 37 points. How good is footy? Mate, I don't know. I, you as know I how said, good football is? I, it makes me talk like Scott Morrison. I buried my head in the sand. I haven't read one article about this game. Haven't seen the highlights. I saw, I watched Axis All Areas. They showed a couple of Zerha's tackles. He was that, awesome. Are you ready for Cam Zerha? That's the extent Zerha of watch? my knowledge on this game. I'm uh, just not asking permission. We're going Cam Zerha watch. He had. <laughs> oh, you, you don't have a segment to your thing of a theme song, mate. Cam, Cam, <laughs> Cam, Cam <laughs> Zerha. You're not stealing that. <laughs> so. Not, not not a super big performance statistically, but probably the best play on the ground to my mind. 11 disposals, 9 kicks, 2 handballs, 4 marks, but 11 tackles. 11 of the best tackles you'll see. 4 of them were caught holding the ball. Game-changing pressure, and he had 4 goal assists. Did you see his kick to Jai Simkin? They showed no. it on Access All Areas. Oh, did they? I wasn't paying attention. It was the man. one. It was Dusty-like, <laughs> where he hooks it from... Like wide on the wing into the center and see somebody no one else can is beautiful. I, I saw the highlight when they tried to compare him to Buddy Franklin and then he missed the bounce. And that was hilarious. <laughs> the fend was awesome. The pace was awesome. Then he fucks it up. It was yeah, so good. Right. Probably not quite Franklin standard. No, but everyone played well. We had a pretty severe game plan change too. We were really? a lot. I thought you weren't going to change anything. Yeah, and then we did. <laughs> I think, and we said we didn't, which is just a lie. So I think we're trying to. There might be a deal in place to protect Brad Scott's image, but a lot more direct. We went down the line a lot more. Use the fact that we've got a lot of marking targets to our advantage and the fact that they will bring the ball to ground really well. Ben Brown and uh, Nick Larky were not really beaten at all in the air, which just meant that when we had a more, uh, we had an extra player at the ball because they had an extra loose, and then we could just push up hard and just have more numbers in the contest, and it worked really well. So less handball, more, less handball, more, more boundary picking. line, yeah. less corridor. Okay. Um, not exactly what you'd call a uh, sort of genius game plan, but it worked. It was yeah, really no, nice I, to see. They've been saying that there may be some subtle tweaks. I wouldn't call that a subtle tweak either. I think that sounds no, a, quite. It was a, quite a, big a pretty massive change in philosophy. So is so are we, is the takeaway Brad Scott was a bad coach? Is no. that the takeaway out of the game? The takeaway is what I said about six weeks ago. He just screwed up his game plan this year. 
And Bree Shaw is a genius who's fixed it up. Yeah. You want him long term already? Already lock him in? Look, I don't mind the idea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at this point. You'll get if a it, little bit of a spike for a month. Until, You'll end up being an okay team. Until we lose, he can stay. <laughs> and then out the door. Yeah, first loss, he's gone. Uh, ben Cunnington up to uh, up to fifth in the coaches' votes. Leads the competition in contested All possession. Right. Mason Wood, first time in his career. He's had two good games in a row. Kick four. Uh, who else? First time in his career. Yeah, it is. Well, ben Brown kicked goals as well. Yes, third in the Coleman. Jai Simpkin and Luke Davies Uniac <sighs> played really well. People right. are talking about our young kids. All right. Anything- when was the last time that happened? People have ignored the fact that you do have young kids, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, look at all these young yeah, kids." Yeah, it's quite I, funny. Even I, see, I hate North Melbourne. Even I a month ago said, "Your kids are looking all right." What yeah. is everyone <laughs> talking about? My favourite one was um, someone was talking about Jai Simpkin and said, "Oh, he's the best game he's ever played. I really liked his role." I was like, he kicked, had twenty-seven touches and kicked two goals like three weeks ago, which is just a clearly yeah. better game. Yeah, it's because you're irrelevant until you sack a coach. Now people are actually paying attention. Plus, it was a Friday night, which is, which is handy. Yeah, we did get the whole Saturday morning talk. But let's talk about Richmond. Yeah, I was going to say that. Anything on Richmond? Wheels fell off. Was it that bad? Yeah, they were awful. They got smashed in the contest. Just, we were walking it out. They were physically intimidated, like, in a way I just haven't seen in three years. They were getting put on their asses over and over again. Mm. Like, those Zerha tackles were not the only time that was happening. Jed Anderson was physical in the midfield. Uh, Taron Thomas was really good pressure-wise as well. It's just... They'd never had an outlet to escape. And, like, to be honest, most of their goals were some of the hardest-worked goals you'd ever get or just, like, a free kick. Yeah, but there it was, wasn't hard. There was nothing easy coming for them. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's, ordinarily, you kind of look at them and think they work hard for their goals, but it's kind of a... They force the ball forward yeah, and, and they all, find that's a way and then it ends happen. up being yeah. an easy goal. This is more ugly and scrapping their way and then little turnovers. Yeah, the amount of times... Ta- Robbie Tarrant was absolutely awesome. He made... He made Tom Lynch looked like Aaron Norton when he Robbie Tarrant made Aaron Norton look like he should be playing defense. Yeah, unravel okay. that one. <laughs> I, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Robbie Tarrant was awesome. Could this just be one bad game for Richmond? No, I think when you look at who they've played since they've had their good run while injured, it hasn't been the good sides no, yet. No, no, it hasn't. So I, I think it's it's too much to say this is what they are, but it's also too much to say that it's a blip. Because they got flogged by the dogs, who can be anything at any time. And they also got flogged by uh, the West Coast. They got flogged by, didn't they? Or I made that one up. Collingwood. Uh, They've had some pretty big losses already. Their percentage isn't good. I don't think they're as close to the mark where if they get everyone back, they're guaranteed to win the premiership. Another big backflip from you, okay? Last week, you were very positive about Richmond. Yeah, in well, one game, if you lose to North Melbourne, my rule of thumb this year is you're not going to win the premiership. So I, bad luck, Adelaide. Bad luck, Richmond. I, I'd say you're kind of half-heartedly raising a small little red flag just to see. Let's see what happens Yeah, with look, I, I absolutely am. Okay. And they definitely need a stronger midfield. And I think... Whether or not how well they play this year, that's just the area they've got to address. They've got to be better in the contested area of the game because it can happen that they just don't give themselves a chance when they get yeah. smashed the way they did. Coach one game back. Yeah. yeah, no nank. I get all that, but it just it was worrying for them. But let's, anyway, let's move on to the actual best game of the round, Banjo. I don't know what you're talking about. Freo defeated Collingwood <laughs> by four points. It's a very boring game. Nothing much happened. Oh, <laughs> righto, mate. Uh, are you feeling like we're slowly finding what Frio's 
game plan actually is. It's been a while now where we have seen that frenetic ball movement. They seem to now be a bit more consistently Ross Ryan-esque. Perhaps with little bursts of ball movement through the middle when they need it. But for the most part, it has been lots slow uh, dower games in which they've sort of kept themselves in the contest and backed themselves to have the talent to get over the line, i.e. having Michael Mm. Walters. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I kind of get that, but I'm not entirely sure I think I'm comfortable with that. They put themselves in a position to win this game, like 100%. This was a great performance. But a lot of the other weeks they've done that, I've said the game. I've thought the game plan held them back more than anything else. Potentially, yeah. And so, you might be right, but I don't really think that's I, the right I way also, to approach it. I remember them. after round one, they interviewed Fife, and mm. he said something along the lines of, "It shows real bravery from Ross to be able to make these changes now, or something." In terms of like, he, yeah. he was saying it was a clear thing that they were doing something different. Where, as the season's gone on more and more, you're starting to feel like it's the Frio of old, mm. with perhaps just a little bit more talent, better forward line, and just yeah, working a little bit better. Um, but like, where do they sit? They're ninth at the moment. They, they're not, they they're seem to belong around there. a tiny bit of percentage. I think they're a chance to make the eight. They're a game behind fifth. And I think anywhere between fifth and ninth is about where they'll sit. If they click and have a good run, yeah, I think I could see them finishing fifth. If they don't have click and sort of goes a bit right... I don't think they're worse than Essendon. I don't think they're worse than Hawthorne. I don't think they're worse than St. Gildan. Those are the sides that are below them. It does. It feels like they, when they were good, it feels like that on like a smaller scale. When they yeah. were good, there was that thing of, gee, they're still like second, but like they're not that convincing. They don't yeah, really yeah, blow yeah. teams away. We're at the moment, it's like, yeah, they're sitting around the eight, but I don't know. It could just really turn. This quite win quickly. was absolutely massive for their yeah, ability to make finals. Absolutely, like because this is no it can't be been, understated. We've been looking at it as a thing of yeah, they're getting wins at home when they need them, and they're and, getting over the line, but and not necessarily beating win. the good sides. This yeah. is beating a good side. I think questions probably need to be raised a little bit about Collingwood's form, and we've kind of done that the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but they're still a good side. The worst Collingwood will do is sort of just outside of the four. Like they're a good side. The absolute worst. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in Collingwood. Yeah, I, just, I don't think yeah. that's misplaced. It's just at the worst. And so if yeah. you can beat a top four side, which is probably what they'll be, that's a massive win, especially away from home. Yeah. And this uh, this might end up being a good thing for Collingwood. It might end up being that thing. If they've that's been, the thing. They've been getting sort of a pat on the back through getting over the line in a few games, not playing their best footy. Mm. And then when you actually lose one, it's like, oh, hold on a second. Things aren't going that well. We need to make a few changes. We need to get better here. Yeah. Um, I think they need to the sort their midfield out. Is one of the big things. They just need a. They need more defined roles. I think too many players are sort of cruising, and not really. They're not performing at their best, and there's not room for them all to perform at their best. I know that, but there's not sort of a demarcation of who's doing what, and everyone's just sort of going, and it's sort of infecting everybody. I think the Collingwood midfield at the moment. It's kind of it's unique. It's unprecedented, mm. in the and they sense don't that have Taylor Adams. The, the depth of stars that they have going through there. You kind of look at that and think, oh, yeah, that should be great. But even at the start of the year, we were talking about, could they have too many good yeah. players to the point that you can't, not every player can get 35 or 40 disposals no. in a game. So all players probably will end up getting a slightly lower output than they ordinarily would, which, I mean, is that a bad thing? Is that a good I thing? Don't I don't think really it has to it be sits. a bad thing, but I think the way it's working is not what they'd want. They're, uh, and this is without Taylor Adams, but, but their contested ball work has been bad for their standard like yeah. but not not what they should be producing yeah. 
Like, Dane Beam's only averaging 33% contested ball, which is so low for him. Yeah. He's nearly a 50-50 player, generally. And I think that's pretty much across yeah, the board. Perhaps it, it could be a lot of stars who are changing roles and they're just a bit confused about it. Yeah, I, I get that, but I'm not entirely sure... I think it just seems not just they're confused. I think the game plan is confused about who does what. It's sort of just trying to get everyone to be a jack-of-all-trades, which I don't think is the most efficient or best way to construct a side. And maybe that'll change when Adams comes back in and there's a real, this guy is the number one contested ball player. And then we feed around him. Because there are a lot of sides that build like that. Albeit not too many contested when I think of it. Carlton with Cripps, North with Cunnington. You guys with Oliver a little bit at the moment, which is the change. Yeah, yeah. But it maybe I think they just need a revision of what they're doing in the midfield. And they just had a bad week disposing the ball yeah. off the back line. So that'll maybe be right. that'll be... That'll be right. Freo will be great. So it's all positives. You think they'll win the flag? For now. Who, Freo or yeah, Collingwood? Freo. I hope so. I know that much. Look, <laughs> well, probably not this year. Not this year. They uh, will under Ross though, mate. Oh. I've been saying it since the day he was selected. So you've been okay. wrong for a long time. <laughs> Almost right. Well, there was they rumors going one. around about uh, about him coming to Carlton next year. Oh, which don't is hilarious. Do don't do that. Jake Nile said it. Julian DeStoop said it. Jungle do drums that. are beating. Anyway, let's move on. Brisbane defeated Hawthorne by 19 points. Massive win for Brisbane. Yep, yep. Really big for a young team being headed so badly in the first quarter. And to be able to respond is a really good sign for Brisbane. And probably one of those things that I've been looking for from a Brisbane. Yeah. I I think I've said quite a lot over the last few weeks. One of the real signs of a good team is a team who gets challenged in ways they don't expect to be challenged. And then they're able to respond and still find a way to win it. And they won it in pretty... Yeah, Pretty convincing circumstances in the, in the end. From quarter time onwards, they, they killed them, really, mm. and they looked really good. Um, so, week by week, I'm slowly getting more convinced on Brisbane. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I think we know yeah. that. Yeah, but really where, where's like there, though? Where's there? Oh, I think they're a, they're a five to eight team, which I don't think anything more than that would be a massive win. I think yeah. there's a small chance with their draw, which is the draw of a bottom side, they could sort of be one of those upstart teams that makes it into the four that you don't really think belongs there. You know, do you remember sort of when Adelaide and West Coast and sort of the turn of the last decade sort of popped up yeah. and got a weird out-of-the-box top four appearance that you went, ah, that's a Adelaide, bit weird. and the, just the Kurt Tippett game. Yeah, in yeah. 2011, 2012, and just wasn't replicable, didn't happen again. I think it could be something like that where it just doesn't quite feel right and then there's an adjustment after that, but... Massive, so I'm super impressed by them going forward, and they didn't really get a massive game out of anybody. Like it wasn't someone, it wasn't Lockie Neal carrying them. He had thirty touches. Lions had thirty three, but like there was no Zorko wasn't that uh, impressive. McCluggage was quietish. So like the the talk around uh, Jeremy Cameron is uh, building up again. It, it was big last year, and then it was kind of big at the start of the year, and then it drifted. And now people are really getting. What did I say, Jeremy? Or yeah, I have no Charlie idea Cameron. what you were talking about. Charlie I was Cameron. very I can confused. Tell from your look, I stuck something up. <laughs> uh, Charlie Cameron. Yeah, people are really enjoying uh, what he's doing at the moment. He is one of the most fun footballers in the league. Like, yeah. If I had to pay to watch a side, I pay to watch a player. Might be in my top five, like of just pure joyful players. Yeah, yeah. Because he does stuff you just 
He does everything so quickly and so skillfully. It's just incredible. And everything he does is good. It's not like yeah. some players who like would be like a Nathan Fife. A lot of stuff's kind of ugly, and then he does occasionally yeah. really good things. But every single time, the ball is around yeah. Charlie Cameron, and he's it's still not ticking along as well as he did last year. He only had six touches, he could hit two goals, but still not. He was getting the ball a lot more last yeah. year. It'll be interesting to see does he build into form because he's he's been quite inaccurate in front of goal as well and. He's not quite hitting top form after his season-ending injury last year. He's been one of the sort of main areas of growth Brisbane have in them for this year. Like, he could not tip them over the edge or anything, but he could turn them into more of a real threat. Yeah, and, it, like, small forwards are able to have presence in a different way to yeah. key position forwards. And that, like, everyone knows when Charlie Cameron's around because he's yeah. just going to hassle them out of it. And you can see the defenders yeah. worry about it. He's got that sort of presence. So even when he only has six disposals, you watch a game and you think, geez, Charlie Cameron is yeah. important. Harris Andrews is awesome as well. But let's move on. Let's go to our top five, I reckon. Yep, I think so, Vanjo. I just realised we didn't say anything about Hawthorne, but they're near irrelevant, so who yeah, cares? Who cares? Top five wasted talents. Mm. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this was my idea. Brought it was to, your idea. to the table. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've got a very, very strong top five. Might be my strongest top five ever. <sighs> All right, so do I, do I start? I you can start, start you can start. Uh, at five, go on, which I don't know. It may have a little bit of controversy around it, but I think he fits the mark pretty well. I've got Dale Thomas at five. I don't mind this. Uh, his first few years was a very, very important player in a premiership team, uh, and through probably no fault of his own, had a lot of injuries, his body... His body carked it, really. Straight yeah, from his people first... People called him the best player in the competition at one point. And like... He probably was never there. But he would have but, been around gee, the mark. But it was the freakish talent that he mm. had. I mean, he would be taking speckies and having yeah. pace and stuff. And then from his first game at Carlton, it was like, this bloke looks a bit weak. Yeah. He looks he, very he's slow. He's only a neat footballer now, isn't he? He was just, he physically was just kind of shot. And he's actually done quite well in the back half of his year. Mm. Through probably not, like, yeah. he's interesting. Outside in that, of his devotion to charity, he's been great. <laughs> his, his football early on was based around talent and I've probably never seen a footballer in the past lose kind of lose that talent mm. and then still find a way to be alright through work ethic yeah. like normally you have one or the other he's actually done quite well in the back end of his career his but career he is could have been a sad, isn't it yeah the, 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 oh absolutely it is the way and did Carlton bugger up their medical on him? Because it was straight away he looked shot at Carlton. Uh, there was, at the time, there was a lot of, uh, I think Dale Thomas is cooked. I don't know if this is really going to work yeah. out. And then straight away I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They screwed up. And so it is sad because he could have been incredible, Dale mm. Thomas. And he's turned out to be like, just good. Kind of, yeah, okay, yeah. really. Yeah. His career's nothing to sneeze at, but it looked like it was going to be a guy yeah. you remember. He has a flag, so you don't complain too much about it. But, yeah, and yeah. he was an important player in that side. Yeah. He has been through the ringer a few bit lately, though. But anyway, on to my five. Uh, I've gone with Trav Johnson, former number one <laughs> overall pick for uh, Melbourne. Just a bit ruined by the environment, I thought. Uh, all the talent in the world just never really made it click consistently. You know, he had those absolute cracker games at times, but just never was able to put it together often. Oh, so it was the environment's fault. So he was really good when he went to Brisbane, was he? Is, is that what happened? So Brisbane was a good environment when he went there, did he? Was it? It was sarcasm there. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I'm asking. So yeah, would so- do, was... Uh, post was Michael Voss era Brisbane. That was when he went, wasn't it? Was Michael <laughs> Voss era Brisbane know. good Probably. environment? No, but you can't just blame our environment for it. I, I, I love Travis Johnston. It, all, all I remember from him is what year was it? It was like oh 
four or something. Mm. It was a semi-final against Adelaide where he played an absolute. Yeah, you've made blinder. me watch the highlights of that thing. Yeah. And it is a weirdly good game. He's, <laughs> we were down by like fifty points at like quarter time, and he single-handedly put us about five goals up early in the last <laughs> and quarter. And you blew it. And then like, I remember watching him coming off the ground, just being absolutely rooted. <laughs> just ran himself into the ground. But God, he played some good games of footy, Travis. And he had little patches in his career where he was really, really good. Yeah, and that's why he, he is always the talent. Because he, again, could have been anything. But anyway, move on. Who's your four? Four? I've got... This is this is definitely a sad one. I've got Mitch Clark at four. Yeah, this is a sad one. <laughs> Looked really, really good at Brisbane early. Uh, he was, all, was he all Australian or all Australian squad? I think he was squad. Yeah. Uh, as a ruckman. Went to Melbourne. Demanded a trade. Yep. And we got, gave up a fair bit for yeah. him. Uh, he's... First few Pick games, 11, wasn't it? his first five or six games for Melbourne, he was unbelievable. He mm. was the only bright spot during the Mark Neal era. Like he was <laughs> brilliant. You th- oh, like you thought this is an absolutely great coup. Like this is going to be yep. amazing. Now we know what's happened with injuries firstly, but then a lot of mental health stuff as well, and yeah. just never quite got it. Went on to Geelong. Looked Maybe okay for one or two talent games. is a better way to put this than wasted. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. this stuff isn't really the player's yeah. fault and. He's a, one of those guys. Absolutely. Well, yeah, wasted talent. It's just the term you use, but I guess yeah. it implies that they wasted it. But yeah. he was a great talent who never quite got yeah, there. It's not and necessarily he didn't work hard enough had, or anything. Yeah, had a few cracks at it and just with uh, yeah, unfortunate circumstances never got there. For my number four, um, I think wasted talent does apply. It's uh, old mate swimming in tits. It's Jack Watts. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the uh, Jack Watts one. <laughs> He's going to play well over 200 games. Yeah, so did Johnson. So will Dale. He's quite a reasonable footballer. No, he's fine, but he should have been great. You know, should he? Is he that? Like, he's got he's got lots of talent, but he's got a massive gap in his game, which he's always had. It's not as if he was great and then he just. I think that's a misread of the of this uh, this thing. He has every skill imaginable. Yeah, but he should have been. He doesn't have strength and he doesn't have presence. You can never, and he's meant to be a key forward. Yeah, but there's ways you can work around that. Jeremy Cameron barely has either of those things. Uh, well, he does more than Watts does. Yeah, Watts, once so if Watts had there, a... he's like, yeah, I'm not too interested. Yeah, Watts, <laughs> that's a, that's a Watts thing. He he has the quickest player in his draft class. He should have. He has a great hands, great kick. You used to walk away and just go, nah, I don't need to worry about watching this one sail through. Or maybe it was your brother. Oh, just, lovely kick for goal, yeah. had everything you'd want except the desire to hunt the football. Yeah, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming yeah. from. Again, also probably ruined by his environment. Uh, my number three, Jared Brennan, I've got at number three. Oh, Remember I him? love him. Hey, was, was he pick one? I think, he was. I think it was pick four or something. Yeah, he was very, very high. Yeah. He did some unbelievable things. Kicked some he goals on so the run, exciting. which were just yeah. When I was blind. about nine, he would have been my favorite player in yeah. the competition. All, all or you remember, ten or something. all you remember from him is the whole holding the ball in one hand, just, just running away. Just... What a legend! I love that about him. Wasn't that good though? <laughs> like no, really, wasn't seventy grand, three games that could have been better. When I was considering where to put him, I had a look, thinking like, did he, did he win a flag at Brisbane? That might Not top quite. him up a bit. Didn't. Came about a year or two later. Yeah, and just never quite made it, despite a lot of talent. My number three, um, Alan Jakovic. Oh, come on, are you going to have any player who's not Melbourne? 
I will. I, I just, I looked at the list of unfulfilled talents and one oh, club you stood did out. Not. You, did one, not, you did not think of Travis Johnson at the top of your head or Alan Jakovic. One, did you even know Alan Jakovic was before? Yeah, you? the 204-goal uh, legend in 47 games from Melbourne. Had who you heard of him before he decided to troll me? This? I'd heard of his relative. <laughs> I hear about him a lot, man. The old Melbourne supporters, this is something which, whenever you talk about anything, they'll just drop in there. Jeez, Jakovic looked bloody good for his first few games. Like, supposedly he played some games which looked like he could be one of the greatest players of all time. And then I think he had a bad back yeah. and a lot of cultural Ruined stuff. Ruined by, yeah, bad environment, yeah. So, look, he was a waste of talent, but there are a lot of other ones from other clubs that I hope you I get didn't into see any. As, as we go on. I honestly, I haven't seen many. This is just, it's been scary how... You've ruined people's careers. Like, I didn't even bring up Gisbert. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gisbert was never good, mate. You ruined him as well. No, we experienced a ruined Gisbert. Uh, number two, I've got the man, Richard Tambling. Yeah. <laughs> he did have a lot of talent, that bloke. Uh, he did. Didn't, didn't get close it's to that. It's not a good it. sign when your career is most famous for being drafted ahead yeah. of somebody. He would, he'd be pretty pretty miserable about that. How many games did he play in the end? What, he got 150 to, he, or something. He got that high. I would have thought he might have scraped well, he 100 then, if he's lucky. He, he was at a, Adelaide. Yeah, he got a few more. He had one decent year at Adelaide from memory. I I still kind of liked him. Like He didn't have it, but he was not a bad player in a lot so of ways. You could, you could definitely argue that what I said about Jack Watts does apply to uh, Tambling. And that yeah. he wasn't like, he never looked awesome and then lost it. It was just, he consistently showed glimpses of freakish talent and just never quite put it all He's together. He's only 32. He played 124 games, 100 okay. at Richmond. So if he has freakish kids, they'll get them. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's all Which, you really like, want. Could be the case. Yeah, that wouldn't case, surprise but, uh, me at all. But he, yeah, a little, little disappointment. You still see, you'd see him do stuff in games and just be like, I get it. Yeah, it was I, never, you understand why he was. Yeah. It's the same as Watts. You understand why they would yeah. pick one. My number two, Colin Sylvia. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> come on, mate. Tell me I'm wrong. Colin Sylvia. Now, was Colin's, he a wasted talent? He was a very good player, Colin Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> For how how often was he a good player? Uh, look, a handful of games. And how year. talented was he? And he did some unbelievable Somebody said guy. he was the only person they saw that was more talented than Carrie Ablett. I remember who. Who said that? I don't remember. I was scrolling through stuff. And... Uh, when I think of Colin, I'll always think of Ross Lyons. Uh, <laughs> his chat about what he was like when he came for his first preseason <laughs> at Fremantle. He's, apparently, he enjoyed his off-seasons immensely. Came back, apparently couldn't finish the first time trial. And he's like, in the second one, he... Well, he finished it, but it was it wasn't very good. Like that is mind-boggling. The, the fact that he actually like he this was, was a good in the player. era of professionalization, yeah. dude. It's not. This was like six years ago. Like, he actually was a good player, and the fact that he could have done that with that sort of work ethic mm. um, shows how much talent he had. So yes, he is another waste of talent, banjo. But just expand your horizons a little bit. I don't need to. My number one is a uh, lock. Uh, Harley Bennell is number one. I would say he. Yeah, he nearly made the cut for me. He would be <laughs> in the top handful most talented players I've ever seen play. What was his big? He kicked seven once, oh, wasn't no, it? Was out of the midfield. Six 36 touches against Geelong. And he kicked five and had 30-odd against I remember North watching ones. him in the like, under-18s playing for uh, WA, and he would just go for runs from the back pocket to the forward line and kick a goal. Like, a mm. couple of times a game. Like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. He, he has ridiculous <sighs> talent. He's look, back playing... Uh, Waffle, and, and he apparently start. he's been worked he's good, yeah. He's been back for two weeks and he's started. He'll do a calf again. Yeah, it's so he's, sad. Yeah, it's injuries. 
I can't say he's probably conditioned himself too well either. No, but like stuff with field stuff. Like chronic calf stuff doesn't really get better either. It's like, I wonder if he had to been the model citizen, how much that would have helped. Because I'm kind of, ah, I kind of suspect he was like a bit boned anyway. Did. Like I agree, but as soon as he started getting those calf injuries, there's. Not much you can do about it. Freer have given him every chance. He, he may have one. I left. hope he comes back. If he yeah. comes back and is in any way helpful, I, I would just be so happy. Yeah, it'd be good to watch. Yeah, my number one, I hate to do this to you, but Liam Jarrah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't argue. Yeah. He was everything. He oh. was so good to watch. To one of the people you would pay money to go see. I think I did a couple of times. Just got a random Melbourne games to watch him play. He's. Unbelievable. You could do absolutely anything. And I, Carried I, your forward line straight away. I think we, and I, I, even though we all know it, I think we still do forget just how unbelievably talented mm. he was. Like, you go back and, like me, and I would have I would have been at like every one of those games. Yeah. I go back and, and watch highlights. How many times have you watched like, his highlights too? Jeez, like, he was that good, was he? Like, he, <laughs> I mean, he kicked a goal over his head from about oh. 40 metres out. Took speckies all over. Everything he did, his first goal in footy was the little specky in the goal square where he hit mm. the ground and then sort of kicked it off the ground as he landed. Like, he was an absolute freak. And that, like, that is such a shame that football missed out on him for more than sort of a couple of years of good footy. Yeah. Like, he only played, he was there for four years, only played 36 games. Leading goal kicker in really the only full season he had. He could have been anything. It yeah. is just sad what's happened. So all five of yours were wasted talents. I'll give you that. But uh, yeah, just just try to just think a little bit different next time. Ben. I don't that need was... to. I think for <laughs> those that didn't quite put it all together, which I'm, it's pretty hard to do, but in case you didn't, all those players were from Melbourne. And the, the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the important through line between all their careers. For since the 1990, mid-1990s, you've just been ruining footballers. You just, like, you, you do, just, do you have any sense of care for these you're, players? You're just so upset that I'm not upset, that you're just trying so hard to drag me down. That might be mildly part of this. <laughs> I will not lie. You're a horrible person. Anyway, let's move on to the second best game of the round. Adelaide defeated <laughs> Melbourne by two points. Well, how'd you blow this? Oh, mate. Like if, so you, the saying, they blew the game. I think if you had to get one example of a game of football, it's generally where that happens, overblown. It this would, one not so much. This this, <laughs> this was unbelievable. I, from about quarter time onwards, it felt like the game was us kicking one or two goals away from the game being dead. Yeah. Us burying them. Honestly, from that point on, and we just kept stuffing up that chance. Just kept doing it all night, all night, all night. Got to three quarter time, it's like, God, Adelaide is still in this. And then yeah. we they early last it. quarter did it again. We had to kick one goal early in the last quarter. Game would have been dead. Missed. Like multiple easy shots on goal. Then they have a little bit of a lift for five minutes. They kick a few goals there in front. And we still have a bloody chance to win it afterwards from, you know, 40 out directly yeah. in front. Probably should kick that. We kicked one goal eight in the last quarter. I think the and second half was three chances. You watched the. Yeah, it was three twelve oh, yeah. to they like nine easy. goals three. You watch, yeah, you watch. No, it's not just the chances. You watch the blown sort of. The misconnections. And where drop marks. Yeah, drop marks. Marks going just over somebody's head. Like, you should have won. It's unbelievable. Like, in fairness, if you look at two of the last three weeks, we've looked like a completely different team to what we looked like at the start of the year. We've looked pretty similar to what we looked last year, apart from that final step. Against 
West Coast in Perth, we were we were Forward good. Well, this game we were good as well, and like the the ball movement act through the middle of the ground is getting going again. We're starting yeah, okay. to we're a lot cleaner with the handball. We're starting to use the corridor. Is a that lot happening better. through the midfield jelly more or the forward line sort of helping out and presenting a bit better? Which uh, what's it has to there? be a bit of both. Uh, the forward line's unbelievably working so much better with Hunt and Garlett as small forwards. They've, yeah. The pace they've given us has made a big difference. We even had Spargo well, Hunt's been about week. the only upside you've had on the year, really. Him yeah. and Hall. Yeah, I, I thought he was completely cooked. Yeah. And he's been quite good as a forward. Um, and yeah, like Garlett has given us something. He's a bit... He's a bit hit and miss. He makes mistakes. Yeah. But the pace that he gives us, the energy he gives us in the forward line has made quite a difference. Yeah, you desperately need uh, it. Tim Smith's looked all right the last couple of weeks. So, like, yeah, the forward line. But Hannon made a difference as well. He's just, he's something a bit different, Hannon. He, but was he back this week? He was week? back. It was his first game back. And he didn't star or anything, but he just gives us a different look. A up mid-sized forward. marking target is not something you've had all year, really. Yeah. Like, the closest you had was Melksham, and, and he's I, better on the ground. I, I actually do think Petrarca's had a good year, no matter what anyone says. Um, so I don't know why, but I watched the highlights of um, your game you had two weeks ago, and the quote you had about you dancing around four people yeah. and flub the kick was so perfectly encapsulated in one piece of play that I just needed to say it. Oh, he, did, he did some great things this week, though. So, but like, yeah, we're we're starting to work. It's just and like these. We can't blame our ball movement or our forward structure or anything this time. That was because just finishing. They were easy shots. Yeah. Like we could have kicked we could have kicked six or eight more goals than we did and we would have looked awesome. So like in some ways I'm kinda of positive about it, but like it's just it's just frustrating. And looking like the likelihood is next week we'll have in Lever, May, Salem and Hoare. So that's pretty much an entire back line. We'll see how that gels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a few guys that haven't played with each other much. Yeah. The, the, oh, the, the, the most experienced pairing between those guys is Hoare and Salem. <laughs> I believe it is possible for it to go really, really badly <laughs> Who for you the playing? first few weeks. Collingwood, Queen's birthday. <laughs> oh, so it could uh, be brutal. Oh, I'm excited for that game, actually. That'll be yeah. fun. Anyway, let's move on. Port defeated St. Kilda by 70 points. Shanghai showdown did not go well for the Saints. Yeah, this this was a touch-and-go gold, gold jacket, green jacket. For one argument I think you could make is I believe that the game itself was completely irrelevant. It seems quite clear to me that St. Kilda were stuffed by this, yeah. I don't know, food poisoning or virus or whatever it and was. And just the fact that they're not playing anywhere near their best 22 either. Yeah. Like, yeah there's a lot of their breaking so his leg. far off. Um, and they just look so lethargic and mm. flat. And I just the trip just didn't work. So I feel like the game itself, I don't want to draw too much from it. But then you couldn't ignore the fact that everyone's talking about it because no. of all this stuff and because of the interest and in I think, China. And I think it all is relevant. Not so much. I think for Port, the China stuff's just good. They've done very well out of it. But the people they play against there just have pretty unilaterally had a bad experience. Like, why was Port allowed to play their Never Tear Us Apart song at the start of the game? Like, all these oh, little things. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. weird. Like, I get they're not legally allowed to sell a game because of their contract with the Adelaide Oval, but I would not be putting up with this if I was any other side. St. Kilda must have made an absolute fortune of this for this to be remotely worthwhile because they... I'm sure they did. Everything went wrong. They got food poisoning. They had bad yeah. injuries. And they got... Flo- it was just a disaster for them. The, the China experiment, like... By the year, it's even, like, even the first time it happened, people were negative about it. But yeah. By the year, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I've all, all I heard this week on the radio was just people complaining about why the hell are they bothering with China? What mm. is the point? And barely anyone turns up. 
There are the other disasters with St. Kilda. There are like 1.25 billion people in China. How do you not get 10,000 of them to go? You could give those tickets away. Yeah. It's just, at the moment, the game just feels like this awkward thing on the side that's like, oh yeah, that happened during the season. Didn't Mm. go too well. It just feels like disjointed. The most exciting thing about that game is that there's a castle in the background of the stadium. Yeah. That's what interested. Yeah, it's (laughs) interesting to look at. You go, oh. Justin Westhoff's running down the wing and there's a castle behind him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just to kick another goal. But, uh, yeah. I, I, it turn- is like, it's a good win for Port, though, too. It, is, it sort of solidifies their finals chances. In a, like, this was a game that, if you looked at it on paper, they could lose. And the fact that they yeah. smashed him is great for both their percentage and their... Yeah. Ability to make that, that's right. I, I see from a result point of view, yeah, it's really nice that they got the win, that it is a boost for their percentage, yeah. and that sort of keeps them alive. Because we've said in the past, whilst they're so injured, yeah, they just have to bank wins, so it's good from that point of view. But in terms of you yeah, didn't lose anything, forward, yeah. Lo- learn anything, yeah. is what I meant yeah. to say. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to another pretty eh game. West Coast defeated the Western Bulldogs by 61 points. Yeah, this missed out on Gold Jacket, Green Jacket by your tiebreaker. Yep, uh, you, yep, were, yep. So you were quite positive about this game. Is there much you took out of it, Banjo? I uh, didn't watch much. I uh, sat down to have lunch and was flicking through TV and it was on. I was, knew Bolton was about to get sacked, so I just left it on Fox footy. Okay. So I saw a little bit. Um, West Coast looked a lot more dynamic and back to the way they had. And they that, are looking good, aren't they? That will tend to happen when you win by 10 goals. But they just performed really, really well. They were pretty clinical out of the back half. Their intercept marking got going in a way that it really hasn't anywhere near to the extent it did last year. And... Darling kicked six, Watermere kicked three in 121 seconds, which is a record, as far as we know, anyway. Yeah, not bad. Kennedy kicked Kennedy three kicked as well. Three. Uh, Ryan, Ryan kicked three. It's one of those games everyone just got in on the act. Yeah, and, and, but that's a great sign, because the Absolutely. form of their forward line had been nowhere near as good as exactly, last year, yeah. and they really needed it. Yeah, I think that the last couple of weeks, a West Coast fan, the, the smile on their face would be growing and growing and growing. I, they're just there, the, aren't they? Their ability away from home last week to when the game was on their terms to just yeah. turn it on get on top and then slog their way to a win and then this week again heart to half time real contest dogs gave it a real crack and then to be able to blow them away in a quarter in the way that they did yeah. last year with that firepower forward that's that time when you're, you're starting to tick off those boxes as this is what I want to see from West Coast as the season goes yeah, on yeah they're only percentage out from a home final and it's quite a bit of percentage but they're starting to get going I could Easily see them finishing top two from here. Absolutely, yeah. They're they're really they're bubbling. Mm. They're really. It is bubbling. staggering how like guaranteed Geelong is to finish on top though. Just looking at the ladder. Yeah, it's staggering. They, they, they played easy... like all of the tough teams yeah. in their first six weeks, so they've got a fair run home. So yeah, they probably will finish top. But anyway, uh, that was slightly tangential. The dogs, they're so up and down. Yeah. Did you want to shit on the dogs before we move on to Billy um, Gower's watch or? No, not really. It, Feels a bit hollow. Yeah, they're yeah. hard to pick at they the were moment. Just bad. Yeah, you, you 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 said before you're like, how bad are the dogs? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, because when I, I think about three it. weeks ago, we <laughs> beat Richmond by eight goals. Yeah. Like they've had some really good performances, some really bad ones. Yeah, because they've had some okay ones. Like <laughs> so they've lost to North, which still looks bad. <laughs> like let's be honest, they've lost to Carlton, which looks abominable, and they've lost to the Gold Coast, haven't they? 
or Sydney. I yeah, no, they did, did lose the Gold did. Coast. Like that's yeah, a bad, on, yeah. that's a bad set of losses. Yeah, but then yeah, they've beaten yeah, Richmond. They've been competitive against other sides. They beat like yeah. Hawthorne or something. Yeah, it's a bit bit of bipolar going on. Yeah, at the moment. But anyway, on to uh, what this week it can be quite a celebratory and it can be quite a joyous Billy Gowers watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy. No more than one week in the twos for Billy. One week, and then he's straight back in. You drop him a week, you realise your team's much worse without him. The rest of the team was just shattered. They were yeah. just Their heads were down. Bevo came grovelling back, wanted to protect his exactly. job. Exactly. Brought him back in. The dogs put in a bad performance. But Billy Gowers is the man. <laughs> Let's look at his stats for the week. Six kicks. Three handballs. Four marks, zero tackles. That's that's the part that's hurting me. Yeah. Two goals, one though. Two yeah, goals, one. Back that's to a goal big kicking. step up. Look, his first goal was a bit touch and go. Did you see it? It was literally. No. It was the most Eddie Betts goal you will ever see. It was a handball over the top. Sometimes was, the greats just need to feel good about themselves. That's okay. The handball was a little too hard, and he was literally on the goal line. They had to go to a review to see whether the ball was over the line or not. Oh no, <laughs> it was kind of touch and go, but I think it was a goal. Um, at heart, so I watch a little bit of the first half, and I sent you a message saying, Bevo, the devil, mm. Bevo, he's finally figured it out. He knows that Billy Gowers needs to spend a bit of time in the midfield. And he did. He got, I saw him get a few stats in the back must half. Must have gone away from in him the, in the second half. half. Must have happened. He had he had eight disposals at halftime, so he wasn't shooting the lights out. No. But he got involved a little bit. He After halftime, he had one disposal. He kicked a goal with that disposal. Yeah. But in a he, team that was getting flogged, to be fair to them, he did get his forward. hands on the ball, could have disposed of it, could have been a little bit selfish, tried to pat his stats, but he just decided to walk over the line, just take the throw and do the team thing, reset the contest. There was no options for him. He would have just blazed away. He did the team thing and just went, you know what, I don't need the stats. I'm too good for this. I mean, if I'm committed to Billy Gow's watch, I really should go back and watch the second half of that game and see whether he actually did spend so more time. So you won't actually field. see him? He just didn't show up. Well, then he must have been forward. So we he must hate forward. Bevo rather than He was. Well, the bit I saw was in the second half, and he was nowhere, but nowhere near the ball. So the devil is still torching yeah, him, and it's, even it, though he bought Yeah, it's hard to him. touch the ball when it's just going West Coast way for the entire second half. Let, yeah. Let's be fair it's to him. It's not Billy's fault. Not Billy's fault. Never yeah, yeah, it was a better performance. Never is. It was a step up. But anyway, let's move on to Poochie's mailbag, everyone's least favourite segment. <laughs> uh I'm going to ask you a question, Scott. Should the AFL take longer to perform score reviews to make it more accurate? Or should its scope be limited to goal line events? Uh, so, this, so the response from the media towards this is one of those things that really grinds me about the media. Grinds your gears. How often do we hear complaints about how long it takes for the score review? It's such a waste of time. Everyone hates it. It's so boring. We always have to sit around mm. and it kills the momentum of the game. And then when they make a mistake, it's like, well, why didn't they take longer to do the store review? Like, yes, they should take as much time as it takes to get it right. Everyone needs to stop booing whenever there's a score review. People need to grow up a little bit. Yeah. It's the system, despite its flaws, is a good thing. We are getting more correct decisions yeah. than incorrect decisions. Suck it up, accept that it might take a bit of time to get the right decision. There's just so and much negativity about, about it that they're rushing through it. So now. there's a couple of things. They should have better cameras. The fact that the frozen frames are blurry yes. just gives me the shits. 
Then also, if you're worried about the time, just have two people, one looking at the, the goat that off the hand and one looking at the goal line simultaneously. And yeah, sure, you'll have to pay someone a bit more to do it, but who cares? I say don't worry about the time. Just get the decision right. Stop I know, but if you're going to worry about the time, don't sacrifice quality. The entire point is for it to be a quality re- yes. review system. But I do agree with the question. They need to take a bit more time. Banjo, question for you. Yes. Should everyone that has been publicly backing Brendan Bolton be sacked? Brackets, Juddy. Um, no, I quite like where Carlton are at, to be honest. <laughs> no, their board probably should ask some questions of itself. Though. They've mismanaged a lot. I don't think it's necessarily... But I don't think Bolton was the worst decision they've made. I think the way they've tried to approach this list build hasn't been too bad holistically and philosophically, but God, they've not had the resources to make the right picks there and the way they just jettison too much experience it's a bit melbourne-esque i just a lot's gone wrong in sort of the football administration area and i think that's the part the board doesn't seem to be looking at and they really need to have a good hard review of because it's been awful more so than the coaching and on-field side of things i think because they, it's led directly into it they have been crazy steadfast on supporting bolton until now but yeah i suppose and that that, i don't i don't mind that that's just what you're going to say. You're always going to say, no, the pressure's not getting to me. I don't worry about it. That's obviously a lie, but who cares? You, yeah. You've got to say that. That's not the concerning sign. The concerning sign is they're saying the same thing about their about their football department and Silvani in particular. And it's like, North Melbourne, have, we've said we're having a review. Everyone says they're having a review. It's an easy thing to do. You say you're having a review and then you move on. And the quality of that review is never really discussed. But you have the review. The fact that they're not even having a review and they're just going to continue the same strategy when everything has been awful for the last <laughs> four years. What is going on? Just have some self-awareness, for Christ's sake. Angry Banjo. Yeah, I got yeah. more worked up there than I thought yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I wasn't to. expecting that either. Uh, anyway, next up, uh, what's the capital uh, capital city of Queensland? Um, and if you need a, any clarification, Queensland happens to be a state that's uh, north of Victoria. Surfers Paradise? Is that the, the capital of Queensland? Um, look, I'm going to give you the points. Sunshine Coast? I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to Google it and I, I can't I didn't imagine. Know, I didn't know there was any other states in nah. Australia. I thought it was just Victoria. No, the capital is Brisbane, you dickhead. Leave us alone. Stop ripping into us. We're not biased at all. Gold jacket, green jacket has been perfectly even the last few weeks and unintentionally so. It's I got to say, I got, I got a I'm seal of approval from biased. the guy. who's. It's only harassing you. I got the seal of approval. I've written this down proof. This wasn't directed at me. You just we decided all, we, we, to direct it We know it at it's me. directed at you, oh, spiritually. Okay, we'll ask. Dan, please direct all future questions at Scott. I've written confirmation that I'm an honorary Queenslander or some shit when he's not even from not Queensland. Not at all. I love Frio. I just don't like Brisbane. <laughs> I do like Brisbane. God damn it. <laughs> Banjo. Is... St- <laughs> answer this question yeah. is steven silvani the real problem at Carlton? yes he is okay moving that on. trade was the worst trade i've ever seen like since we've had we stopped having the really stunned like matthew lloyd to free from Fremantle trades those don't really exist anymore except somehow we got one i haven't seen anything this bad since trade radio started it's unbelievable i just it's like hawthorne sending us uh, jonathan hay when his career was about to be over I just didn't know you had this much passion about Carlton. You've just gone to a whole new level. I have passion about badly run football things. <laughs> like, if something's not done well, I'm passionate about it when it comes to football. Yeah, I just... Couldn't yeah, give a shit about most things. I wasn't expecting to draw this out here. But Silvani... Like, when you look at his job... Oh, no, right. When you look at his job at GWS, 
He didn't even have like a great strike rate or anything. He didn't do an exceptional job. He just did a good job. I mean, you should do a good job with what they had. Can you guys stop sending Carlton questions? I didn't know it would get Rory so up and about. There was four Carlton questions, or three Carlton questions, all from the pooch, and we had to delete one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my turn to ask you a question. Uh, is there a correlation between Billy Gower's shit haircut and his <laughs> mediocre form this year? How dare you? Who, who's <laughs> slandering Billy Gowers now? It's the old mate Ollie. How dare he's a great man. Look, look, his haircut I won't say I love. I wouldn't say I'd get it. It's a handicap. But God can do whatever he wants to his hair. If he chooses to have that hair, that is fine. He is a great man, he's a great footballer, and he will get that form back. So no, not happy about this at all. Final question, Banjo, for you. This is the one everyone's been waiting for. And by everyone, I do mean myself and myself alone. When is the Josh Kelly party happening? Well, we've, we've come across some obstacles in uh, organisation. Uh, it turns out I will not be in the country for three oh. weeks pretty soon. And i got to say, this has got to be an extravaganza. I just don't have the time to organise it between now and then. You've picked a date to have your own thing in the future that would take a prime Josh Kelly party spot. After you finish your law thing, oh, and yeah, I was gonna put it then. I was gonna put, gonna do a Josh Kelly, me going away party. It's just gonna be a nice thing. But you stole it. You're selfish. You didn't ask. That's fine. If you want to make the Josh Kelly party then, that's a great celebration. No, no, no. I don't want to stand on your toes, Scott. The fact that you've had a significant life achievement. You're like, we'll celebrate that. You deserve some celebration. The Josh Kelly party. But just know that you're selfish. At the moment, it looks like you're putting as much effort into the Josh Kelly party as you did in writing your book, which you wrote one chapter of and then gave up. On. One incomplete chapter. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's finish with everyone's second favourite segment. When we ask a question off the Facebook page, battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Badger, Jim Henson. Do you know who Jim Henson is? Ah, good thing there's a hint in the question. <laughs> Not a hint. The puppet master who controlled Kermit the Frog between 1955 yeah, to 1990. But he has no arms. <laughs> Yes. Versus Will Smith. Yep. Do you know him? Uh, the guy we went to school with or the rapper slash actor? <laughs> the rapper slash actor. Okay, cool. But every time he gets kicked or bitten, he shrinks in height by 6%. <laughs> oh, no. Pu- armless dude. Henson. Puppeteer. Reason? Just start kicking it. <laughs> <laughs> like... Unless, like, again, we assume no weapons, right? There's yeah. just general assumption. All you've got to do is land a few kicks in, and he's tiny. Yeah, well, how many look, How many kicks does he have? He'd probably have to land about four or five, and then Will Smith is just about a midget. Yeah, yeah. That's like 30% he would have shrunk his height. And just by. protect your balls, and then yeah. you're fine. Yeah, so the only issue is, like, I don't know who Jim Henson is, whether he has arms or not. The only issue is if you can get any Maybe that's why he retired. Like, perhaps Will Smith would just, before he even gets a hit in, would just absolutely whack him. Yeah. But that is It doesn't have to be a hard kick. But he only needs to get one or two kicks in, and then uh, he's away. So, look, I'm probably going to lean towards Jim Henson, whoever the hell he is. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I have have a secondary battle situation. Who would win? You saying something's our favourite segment or me saying something is our favourite segment? Well, it's just factual that Gold Jacket, Green Jacket is everyone's favourite segment. I've got to say, it's probably it's the, the most... longest running. It is a staple of the pod. We love it. I like Cane Corns as well. Don't get me wrong. It's a good segment, but it's no Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. And at least we can all agree on that. No. <laughs> not, not giving you anything. Not giving you anything. Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.